Welcome to the three big questions of retirement with Tim Brown of The Viable Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Tim provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here with the answers to your financial questions is Tim Brown. Welcome to the three big questions of retirement. My name is Tim Brown from the Viable Group. You know the three big questions of retirement are, is my money in the right place? Will my nest egg help me maintain my current lifestyle once I retire? And what happens to my family when something happens to me? Today, we're going to have a great discussion about myths, financial myths. You know, you've all heard this stuff. Many of those myths that you hear, whether it's about Social Security or Medicare retirement, you easily know, oh no, that can't be true. But then there's some others that leave you asking, maybe that is true. Before we get into some financial myth busting, I want to bring in my co-host, Tony Shore. How are you, Tony? Oh, Tim, I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited about this one. I know there's a lot of misconceptions and myths out there, so this is going to be a good one. But I've had a great week because I finally finished a big project, and that is I've cleaned out the garage completely so we can fit both cars in there. My wife is so happy. Uh, Got that done this week. That's a big accomplishment for me. How about you? How have you been? Well, I'm doing great, but I got to tell you, when I heard you say that, I could just hear people men groaning going oh no my wife's gonna make me do that this weekend that's a big accomplishment that you just did yeah it's hard i i hauled the three loads of stuff of junk out (laughs) that we had piled in there and uh, did a lot of rearranging but uh, it all it all works got her all cleaned out so Uh, that was a that was a long time coming yeah (laughs) i'd been putting putting off uh doing the majority of that work and finally i just tackled it a couple of days ago just just took a day and did it so well we'll try to clean up some of the myths that are out there Ah, today yeah there you go and i'm sure we've all had you know friends or coworkers or neighbors tell us about a financial issue or some fact that they uh, thought was a fact if we peel it back a bit it's probably a myth Yeah, there's a lot of things that are kind of floating around out there, Tony. Let's start with Social Security, because those myths have been gaining steam with the big uh, economic slowdown caused by the virus. There's an online financial publication, The Motley Fool, a lot of you have heard of it, and they said, here's three Social Security myths you probably shouldn't believe, and the first one is a scary one, that this pandemic will completely wipe out Social Security. Now, that's one that you think, well, it could be believable because Social Security is funded through payroll taxes. That's one of the main places. And the government, just so you know, gets 12.4% of your earnings in Social Security's taxes. Now, an employee pays about half of that and the employer pays the other half. So that's the way it works and that's why this you know, people worry about this stuff because not near as many people are working. 
So that's 12.4%, and people go, oh, my gosh, is Social Security going to go broke? Yeah, and I know we're talking about myths here, but I have to say, given the current economy and the unemployment rate with all these people not working, I would think Social Security is looking at a very serious revenue dip. It is. It is. After all, many people are out of work, and when you're out of work, you're not contributing payroll taxes at 12.4% that I talked about on your wages. So Social Security is losing revenue right now, and it may lose revenue for the rest of, say, 2020. But the reality is it will be a setback, but there's no evidence that's going to support the idea that it will doom the program forever. That's just not the way things work. In fact, once the economy recovers and unemployment begins to go down and people get to go back to work, you'll see Social Security's revenue stream stabilize. Yeah. Well, what if our current high levels of unemployment continue through the rest of the year? Well, according to the article, and even if that scenario plays out, it won't even come close to wiping out Social Security. You see, Social Security brings in money every month, and they send out money every month. So when you have that type of situation, you don't just all of a sudden say, oh, we can't do it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, and uh, I'll be ready to shoot that one down if I hear someone talking about it. Uh, What do you have next for us? Well, another one that you need to think about is that you can't apply for Social Security during the current pandemic. That's not true. What is true is that Social Security began closing field offices in March, and that move was made for social distancing and to promote good health and protect the uh, vulnerable people that are out there that need to do business as a Social Security office. Ah, okay. So a closed field office doesn't also mean that people can't file for Social Security then? Absolutely not. You can go online and create a Social Security account. Matter of fact, uh, we just did that in our family. And register for benefits whenever you're ready as long as you're 62 or older. Here's how you do that. To create a Social Security account online, you start at ssa.gov. They're going to ask you to verify your identity with a lot of personal information that only you'll know, and it's really neat. So they really do a good job of finding out who you are and if it's really you. Then you're going to create a username. You're going to create a password. You're going to confirm your email address or your cell phone that gives you like a one-time two-step verification within 10 minutes. And that ensures that you've done something that's very safe and is unique only to you. Well, given that so much of our financial lives is already online, it does make sense that Social Security could also be manageable right from your laptop or computer. Yeah, it does. And Tony, remember that website is ssa.gov. Let's talk about another Social Security myth that's been buzzing around, and it says that Social Security recipients who lose their jobs can't file for unemployment benefits. Now, that's not a lot of people, but there are some people that work and receive Social Security at the same time. It might be natural to assume if they lose their job, they're out of luck when it comes to unemployment, but that's not true. That's not true. Some states would reduce unemployment if you were also on Social Security, but that doesn't even occur anymore. 
So here's what the rules are. If you're collecting Social Security and a paycheck before reaching your full retirement age, some of your benefits may be withheld if your work income is greater than what's known as the earnings test limit. Just so you know, Tony, that earnings test limit's about $18,240 this year, but unemployment benefits don't count as wages towards that limit, so it would not affect your Social Security. Uh Bottom line, bottom line, if you lose your job and you're filing for Social Security, you can file for unemployment benefits. Ah, okay. Well, that's good to know. Now, we should take a quick break here, Tim, and let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you. The best way to get a hold of us is give us a phone call. Tim Brown at the Viable Group, 210-824-1750. Check out our website, theviablegroup.com. You can you can schedule an appointment with us, take a risk tolerance analysis, get a Social Security maximization report. We've got a lot going on on our website, and we're here to help people. All right, and we're going to be right back with more financial myths that you need to avoid here on the three big questions of retirement with our host, Tim Brown. Do you feel like you need help navigating your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on the future of U.S. taxation, Social Security, New Generation Retirement Planning System, and the Generational Vault. Receive your retirement toolkit from The Viable Group by visiting theviablegroup.com or by calling us at 210-824-1750. All right, and today we've been talking about a lot of the common financial myths that many of us hear as we seek to build a strong financial strategy. And you know what? You've been doing some great myth busting. I feel like playing the uh, Ghostbusters theme and singing Mythbusters because you've been doing a good job, Tim. Uh, what do you have next for us? This is really important, Tony. We're going to switch gears here and go from Social Security to Medicare. We're going to focus on Medicare because there are some myths surrounding that. Uh, here's about four that I want you to think about. Again, this is from Motley Fool, but the first common Medicare myth is that your coverage is free. Listen, Medicare is not free. It consists of various parts. There's three of them. Part A, that covers your hospital care once you reach the age of 65. Part B covers your doctor's visits, your diagnostics, and Part D, which is prescription drugs. Part A doesn't have a premium. Parts B and D do. When I say premium, that means, hey, it costs you money. And without the right strategy, those premiums eat into your retirement budget. Right. And uh, wow, that's that's so true. You Can you tell us a little bit more about those premiums, though, that you just mentioned? Yeah. So the standard, remember, Part A doesn't cost anything, but the standard Part B premium is about $136 per month. And if you're a higher income senior, you pay more than that for Part B. It could be two, $300 a month. There's no standard premium for Part D, because remember, that's prescription drugs, so it determines what drugs you're taking, what prescriptions you have. But with like Part B, higher income seniors pay an additional monthly charge on top of their Part D premiums. 
There's also co-pays. There's deductibles that you are responsible for. And that depends upon the type of care that you end up needing. So the key takeaway, the bottom line, is that Medicare is not free. It is a line item in your retirement budget, and it will carry substantial cost. What you need is a robust financial strategy that factors Medicare into its formula. Yeah, healthcare costs in retirement. Uh, a lot of people, that's a big myth that, oh, Medicare is going to cover everything. And I don't need to worry about it because Medicare is free. Well, it's not free and uh, it doesn't cover everything. So you, you really need a strategy on how to utilize Medicare to its fullest and make it part of your financial strategy. That's a good breakdown. What's another common myth uh, when it comes to Medicare? Well, we all believe that Medicare pays for everything. Once I hit 65, everything's covered. Now, it does cover a lot, a variety of medical services for seniors, but there are some things that it does not pay for. Dental care, so that's on you. Hearing aids, vision services. If you want coverage for those items, and if you think about it, Tony, those are the times when we need it. We reach the age of 65, we can't hear as well, we can't see as well. You're going to need to foot the bill for separate insurance or sign up for what's known as a Medicare Advantage plan. That is an alternative to original Medicare, and it provides a broader array of coverage. So a lot of our clients start gravitating towards, as they reach that age 65, the Medicare Advantage plan. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And that's, that is a big one. I used to think that, that, no, oh, I don't need to worry. I won't need to worry about healthcare and retirement because I'll have Medicare. Um, hey, does Medicare address long-term care needs? Well, I'm glad you asked that because, you know, I sit down with people that are retired or retiring every day, or they're thinking, you know, we're within five years of retirement and every single one normally believes that long-term care is covered by Medicare. And that's a myth that needs busting because it doesn't. Long-term care, and what I'm talking about here is assisted living facilities, nursing homes, is not covered. In most cases, that is an out-of-pocket expense that's on the retiree. That's why it's often recommended that as you reach your 60s, you begin to think about and get pricing on long-term care insurance. Well, long-term care seems like the perfect topic to address with a financial professional like yourself because uh, you have to really work it into the overall retirement strategy and all those costs. Uh, What's the next myth you have for us? Oh, this is important. A lot of our listeners have probably that you think that you're automatically enrolled in Medicare when you turn 65, and that's not the case. And right now we need to listen because we're going to avoid a penalty if we do this right. If you're collecting Social Security on your 65th birthday, you'll most likely be put on Medicare A and B without having to do anything. However, if that's not your case, you need to sign up yourself to avoid penalties down the line. Your initial enrollment window is quite generous. Here's what you need to think. When's my 65th birthday? I've got three months before my 65th birthday and three months after my 65th birthday. So I've got a six-month window 
where I can sign up for Medicare right around my 65th birthday. And you can do it online and you can do it uh, in conjunction with Social Security if you want to. Huh. So a person should enroll in Medicare as soon as they're eligible then, right? Hang on, Tony. That's actually our next myth. Many people are probably smart to sign up for Medicare right away, so they begin utilizing the benefits that it provides immediately. But that's not the case for everybody. If you're Mm. still working, if you're still working when you turn 65 and you're on a good group health plan through your job, you might want to sign up for Part A since it's free, but then wait to sign up for the other parts that cost you money that come with the premium because see if you're getting if your company is paying for most of your health care and you're on a really good plan why do you want to sign up for parts b and d and start taking money out of your pocket but if you're paying through the nose for not a very good group plan at work and you don't like it you may want to crunch the numbers and see if maybe transitioning to medicare at your 65th birthday might be the smarter play You've been talking about financial myths, and you've been doing some myth-busting here. It's been a great conversation so far. What do you have for us next? Well, let's. we've talked about Social Security. We've talked about Medicare. Let's talk about retirement as a whole. Uh, there was a good article in Forbes, and explained that one common myth before you retire, you should have a certain specific amount of money saved up that's really not the way things work. It's the way we all think about it. But strategizing for retirement isn't about setting an arbitrary dollar amount and then achieving it. A strong strategy is built around the idea, how much do I need to have saved on how much I intend to spend in retirement? Oh, okay. Yeah, everybody's situation is unique. You're always talking about that, especially when it comes to finances. And I know there's certainly not a template that applies to everyone, right? Oh, there really isn't. We see all sorts of different situations. You know, another common myth, Tony, is that a retiree will need about 70 to 80% of their pre-retirement income. You know, that's built around the idea that retirees have lower expenses and they'll give up some of the comforts that they've grown to enjoy. Now, it is true. A lot of expenses will go away after you retire. But your budget for traveling, your budget for hobbies, your budget for hobbies and leisure will increase. So your strategy for retirement income should address your preferred lifestyle. Remember question number two, Tony, will my nest egg help me maintain my lifestyle once I retire? Single most important question that a person can answer. That's what we spend our time doing, setting up plans so that people have enough income that will last them as long as they need yeah and that's that's what we're all trying to accomplish we want to have a retirement income that's going to last and and you know does that forbes article mention anything about 401k plans because a lot of folks that's what they have for retirement it does tony and it notes that another common retirement myth is that maxing out your 401k is all you need to do to be prepared for retirement Now, it's a really good way contributing to a 401k to prepare you for retirement, but some people, that won't be enough. Yeah. It sounds like relying too much on your 401k then means you might need 
a part-time job after you retire, right? Well, you could. Working longer, getting a part-time job, if you haven't been able to save enough or if you weren't able to max out your 401k or you weren't able to do it for, say, the last 15 or 20 years of your career. But that's a myth that you got to be careful about. Working till 70 or older sounds like an easy solution, but, you know, the choice may not be completely yours. There's variables, changes to your health that might inhibit your ability to continue working. What we've seen this year, unexpected layoffs or downsizing could derail your plan to keep working and finding part-time work isn't always the easiest thing to do. You know, there's not a lot of well-paying jobs that let you work one day a week. It's not all that common. And retirees may find the idea of working part-time at a retail store unappealing. Yeah, yeah. And it is harder to get a good job the older you get, too, unfortunately. Ageism is a real thing out there, especially when it comes to employment. So it does make sense that working a little longer or getting a part-time job after you retire isn't as easy as it sounds. Yeah, I really agree with you there, Tony. And the, you know, the idea that you shouldn't retire, this is one more myth we want to talk about. Maybe I shouldn't retire until my mortgage is paid off. Boy, that's one we hear a lot. Mm. Many people are concerned about carrying too much debt into retirement, and rightly so. But if you have a favorable interest rate, and by the way, Tony, rates are lower than they've ever been, debt might not be a major point of concern. So if you're considering downsizing, if you're considering buying a smaller home with cash, you need to weigh the benefits of being debt-free versus the opportunity cost of not having that cash available for other purposes like retirement income vehicles. Yeah, and that's really, I'm glad you're pointing that out because I think that's that's a big one right there. And it's an interesting way to look at it. I mean, for some people, getting their mortgage paid off at the cost of other financial possibilities might not be the best move then, right? Oh, it, it really isn't. And it really it depends on what are you paying for your, what what's the interest rate you're paying on your mortgage? Uh, That's something yeah. we really look at. Yep. And, you know, speaking of houses, you can, our listeners should consider things like how long do they plan to live in their current home? What are the potential tax benefits of a mortgage? What are their potential future cash needs? What other possible financial resources are available that will help you bridge any potential financial gaps? Yeah, and uh, there you go. We, we all need to bridge that income gap, right? And uh, this is some serious retirement myth-busting here. I, I like it. And Tim, I've always thought that if a person doesn't have to figure something out as complicated as a financial strategy alone, uh, they shouldn't, right? Yeah, they really shouldn't. You know, and and one of the things you want to think about is that your investments might not need to always be conservative. You need to work with a financial services professional one who's uniquely positioned to examine your needs and your goals to help you build a financial strategy that's tailored to you, to your risk tolerance, to your financial needs. You want your money to match your risk tolerance. Exactly. You shouldn't have to go it alone. Uh, I mean, everything we've been talking about, it can get complicated and there's a lot to know, a lot of myths to know about 
So it makes sense that you should work with a financial professional, right? It does. If you work with someone who's experienced, a financial services professional has heard all these myths, many more. He's had a lot of experience, and that makes us well-positioned to separate myth from reality. Yeah. Well, this has been a great episode, Tim, but unfortunately, we're almost out of time. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we go? I'd like to remind people to give us a call, 210-824-1750. It'll be a complimentary consultation. You'll sit down and meet with me. We'll get to know each other, find out what's important to you, and devise a strategy for you that will help you reach your financial goals. You can also do that by going to our website, theviablegroup.com. Lots of things you can do there. Listen to past shows, take your own personal risk tolerance analysis, and schedule an appointment with us. Yeah, that's great, Tim. Thanks for all the great myth-busting today. It was a great show, and that does it for today's episode of The Three Big Questions of Retirement with our host, Tim Brown. Thank you for listening to The Three Big Questions of Retirement. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Tim Brown at The Viable Group. Call 210-824-1750 or visit them online at theviablegroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by The Viable Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor in the state of Texas. Insurance products and services are offered through Viable Strategies, Inc. The Viable Group, Inc. and Viable Strategies, Inc. are affiliated company. The Viable Group, Inc., Viable Strategies, Inc., and Tim Brown are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.